0: Great to be with you. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. This is the Jewish Growth Podcast. Last night I had the opportunity to share some reflections with a group of people. The reflections were titled, The Jewish Key to Stress-Free Productivity. And we had a great time. I actually wanted to share those thoughts with you today. So I'm going to touch on some of my own personal history with organization, stress, and productivity. But it really ties into a critical issue for all of us as Jews. Now, I want to tell you, I'm not a naturally organized person. My wife was reminding me recently of our early married days when I walked around with various pieces of paper in my pockets with notes, phone numbers, reminders, and I learned that my jacket pocket was not a good inbox, not a good place for to have my inbox. And over the years, I made improvements on my organization, and email became my inbox, and then eventually with tech... Well, high-tech was a real life-changer. Having a digital calendar and contacts in my phone made a very big difference. But nevertheless, over the years, as my responsibilities increased, I needed to up my game. And around five years ago, I discovered GTD, or Getting Things Done with David Allen. I'm not being paid by David Allen for this, but GTD is a system that changed in many ways, saved my life. David Allen calls his GTD system the key to stress-free productivity. And you can uh, buy his book online if you want. But I'd like to share with you two related things. I want to share a little bit about my own relationship with GTD and explore how that, secondly, explore how that led to a uniquely Jewish question about stress free productivity. Now, I was intrigued by the stress free part of GTD. It really struck me because I learned about it. Around the high holidays, a time of year that I find particularly stressful. Now, stress has always been a part of our world, but in some regards, there's more stressors in our modern world because stress comes when we face multiple simultaneous demands. We're being pulled in in different directions all at the same time, and that's exactly what we have in our modern tech world. We get more inputs in one day via text, WhatsApp, email, Facebook Messenger, what have you. More inputs than our grandparents got in a month. And in this environment of ubiquitous inputs, we, we need to have a, a system. And GTD is particularly helpful. Now, what is GTD, getting things done? On one level, GTD is a holistic approach to how we process our work, be it your formal job, or just taking care of your life or your kids. On another level, it's a theory about what causes th- stress and how to alleviate stress and get more on top of our world. I'm not going to cover the whole system in this podcast, but I will share with you some of the bigger pieces that I benefited from. And from there, I'm going to pivot to a time that seemingly we Jewish people are not productive, at least in the traditional sense, and that is Shabbos. Now, part of what causes stress is feeling that there's multiple demands at once. And and another version of that is feeling that there's hidden demands somewhere in your world. If you have 50 unanswered emails in your inbox, that fact is exerting pressure on you right now. Now, David Allen points out that humans aren't really made to hold much in their heads, maybe three or four things at once. And so our heads are not a good inbox. But with so much coming at us, there can be tension. Imagine if your husband or your wife or someone in your family asks you to take care of an errand and you snap at them. Why did you do that? Why did you snap? Well, the answer might be that you don't feel in control of your world. And so one input made you snap. Now, ideally, Alan says that we want to get to a state of what he calls mind-like water. Mind-like water means that when a stone falls into a lake, the water responds exactly how it should, not with any more or less intensity. So if we're overstressed, we, we can overreact because we don't feel tranquil inside. How do we get to that place where we feel inner calm? How do we get to that point? where the email in our inbox doesn't cause heart palpitations. Well, Alan's answer is GTD, a trusted system used to process all of the inputs in our life. It's a a comprehensive workflow system. It could work for you if you're a CEO, but also a teacher or a homemaker or a realtor or a rabbi. And to learn the system, you would need to read the book. But some of, I'll share with you some of the key elements that I have found helpful. One is the inbox, the idea that you need to get things out of your head and write them down or place them physically in an inbox. An inbox is a place where everything lands, and that inbox gets regularly processed. Following the inbox, Alan has an excellent workflow chart that he uh, explains. It's a systematic way of processing your inbox, categorizing inputs for downstream actions, from the someday maybe wit list, the waiting for box, agendas, there's literally a place for everything in your life in his system. Another thing is the weekly review, a real key, one of my favorites, and that is a weekly review of everything in your system so you are familiar with and know what's in your life, what's happening, what's getting done, and what you're not getting to to. to, to. And possibly renegotiating commitments that you've made with yourself. So this is uh, these are some of the the highlights uh, for me from GTD. I found that getting set up with GTD on one level really meant that I'm more on top of my world. If I go for a walk and I know what's happening in my world, then it's much easier to do some big picture thinking about my goals and where I am. And it's really radically tra- changed my, my work life. But as I said, it raised a question for me as a, as a Torah Jew. What if something comes into my mind on Shabbos that I can't process? Or imagine a, a congregant shares with me something that I might need to remember and I might not. Well, I can't write it down on Shabbos, especially a three-day yontif. Am I stressed out now? And, and that really gets to an important issue. Should we be stressed out about the work we can't do on Shabbos? What is Shabbos? Are we even supposed to view Shabbos as a time that we're not productive or are productive? What is the deeper meaning of this day? Now, the truth is, is that society didn't always have a Sabbath. Shabbat was, in fact, a radical Jewish contribution to human society. The Greeks and the Romans who encountered ancient Israel couldn't understand this day of rest. Stop working for one day a week? How unproductive they thought. Now, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs points out that Shabbos was the antithesis of the slavery that the Jewish people experienced in Mitzrayim in Egypt. And so the Sabbath underscores not just the quest for rest, but really for freedom. Today, the idea of a Sabbath has become widely accepted because of the Jewish people and, of course, Christians and Muslims and Jews, we all have... A a Sabbath. But again, what is Shabbos in the Torah sense? Now, there are two mitzvot of Shabbos in the Ten Commandments. Shamor ve-Zachor. Shamor means that we guard the Sabbath by not performing melacha, not performing uh, creative work. And zachor, remember, means that we remember or declare the sanctity of the Shabbos. And we do so through Kiddush on Friday night. So when you make Kiddush on Friday night, you're actually doing a Torah mitzvah. So there's two basic ideas here. Number one, Zachor, remember the Sabbath. And number two, Shamor, guard it. Now when we think about those those terms, imagine the following scenario. Imagine it's Friday night and a person makes Kiddush over a cup of wine or grape juice. They have fulfilled Zachor declaring, remembering, declaring the sanctity of the day. Now suppose that they go to sleep, and they do absolutely nothing for the next 25 hours, but sleep, lie around a little bit. They have fulfilled both both Zachor and Shamor. Zachor by Kiddush and Shamor by not working. I actually have a friend who uh, has a major tech job, but also runs a significant side business that he owns, and when it comes to, to Saturday, I don't think he does much other than, than sleep. So there's an example of this. But here's the question. What is the meaning of this? What, what, if someone, in, in fact, did make kiddush and then just went to sleep or lied around for 25 hours, is that the fulfillment of Shabbos? That's a question that we should explore. And in fact, the word Shabbat means lishpot, to cease. And so so Shabbat is a time that we stop. But is the day merely defined by what we don't do, plus a one-minute Kiddush on grape juice? Intuitively, it feels like there must be more to this kind of, than this kind of non-experience. Now the Torah in the second chapter of B'reish remarks, says that Hashem finishes His his Moloch, His work on the seventh day which He made. Now, how can it be that God finished on the seventh day? Didn't God finish the work on day six and rest on seven? Rashi offers two explanations. According to the first explanation, it's just a manner of speaking to say that God finished on the seventh day. God finished at the very end of the sixth, so it appeared to finish on as the seventh came. But Rashi offers another explanation. In fact, Rashi argues that something was created on day seven. Ma ha olam chaser. What was the world lacking after six days of creation? Menucha, rest and tranquility. Bas Shabbos, Bas Menucha, with Shabbos, with the Sabbath, came this tranquility. Kulso Venigma al-malacha. And thereby, the work was finished. And so, rest and tranquility were not created and needed to be created and they were only created on the Sabbath. But what is rest? What does that really mean? We know that the Romans perceived Shabbos as a lazy day, but the Jewish people do more on this day than just cease working. Refraining from work actually creates a framework for something deeper to happen. In fact, listen to the words of the Navi Yeshayahu, the prophet, if you restrain your foot because of Shabbos, asos Byom from doing your desires on my holy day, oneg and you proclaim the Sabbath delight and the holy day of God honored, and if you honor it by not engaging in your own affairs, seeking your own needs, or discussing the forbidden, as Hashem. Then, if you do all these things, meaning you proclaim the Sabbath, the Sabbath of delight, and you don't do your business, then you will delight in God, and Hashem will mount you astride the heights of the world. And so, the prophet, the prophet teaches us that if we restrain our foot from labor, it's leading somewhere. Then we will delight in God. So if we proclaim Shabbos a delight, and this is something beyond just Zachor and Shamor, beyond just remembering and guarding, but actually proclaiming it a delight, if we do that, then we will delight in God. And so that is a real key to what Shabbos is. It's connecting to Hashem. It's creating that that relationship. Shabbat is not just about physically recuperating. It's about creating a space where we take pleasure in the things that matter most, ultimately in God. Even the kiddush that we make on Friday night is a declaration that the eating we do on the Sabbath has a deeper purpose than the rest of the week. So Shabbat is the time that we delve into our relationship with the Creator. But what does that look like? Now, there's many ways that this can happen. It can happen through the meals that we have with our family, prayer, tefillah, Torah learning, being with the community in shul. I'll share with you something that I recently did. I was visiting my parents up in Massachusetts. I woke up early on Shabbos morning. Everyone was asleep. And I just went for a walk, a long walk. And there I was, let my mind wander. No notepad, no iPhone, no cell phone. Only Shabbos and me and Hashem thinking about who I am and where I'm going in life. And so... This wasn't just a matter of physical rest, but it's a kind of tranquility where you reconnect to yourself and to your purpose and ultimately to Hashem. And I believe that as a Jew, wherever you are, you've connected Shabbat at least once. At least once you've had some feeling of connecting to something deeper, be it at a community event or or by yourself, or with um, at a Shabbos meal. On a personal note, every Shabbos I always come back to that desire for Torah learning because during the week I just get so overwhelmed by meetings, and deadlines, the need to produce. And GTD helps me manage that, but there is something deeper. And that's really what Shabbos helps, us, helps bring us back to. Rashi says that when we start Shabbos on Friday night, we should view our work as if it were finished, because it's going to be there Saturday or Sunday. And so while GTD helps me a lot, on Shabbos there's something else happening. It's a time that we let go of our productive world, and we create something else entirely. We create a kind of menucha, an inner tranquility, that lets us discover what our true purpose is. Shabbos is a time of non-physical productivity. We're creating menucha, a rest. It's something that we do through family, friends, community, or even this us, even time by ourselves. And the amazing thing is, is that every one of every person really can can become stronger in Shabbos. So, one thing that you can do is ask yourself, where are you today in your Shabbos observance, and what's what's next for you? Because connection to Shabbos is a lifelong journey. It could be a matter of unplugging for a little bit of Shabbos or when a person is already at the level of keeping all of Shabbos, deepening that experience. And so you can find a step in Shabbos that is appropriate for your path. And when you do that, you'll develop an appreciation for Shabbos and understand that the Sabbath is not merely a Jewish gift to human civilization. But Shabbos is a gift in your life. I hope you'll experience that. Thanks for being with me today. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.